Welcome to the AxeCast. We're going to do part two of the top 10 logical reasons that prove God does not exist according to YouTube. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Welcome back to the Axe Cast. Last time we did uh, the first five of the top 10 logical reasons that prove God does not exist, according to a YouTube video that had like half a million views and 13,000 likes and no dislikes. So apparently people really like this video. Uh, we found it to be not very persuasive so far, but they got five more reasons. So they might get us uh, on the next five reasons. We'll see uh, where we are on that. I have not re-listened to it. So we're going back. I'm kind of going to be catching this as you're catching it. I think we'll be up to the task today. So um, just remember that one of the things we talked about last time and talked about this time is they're trying to prove something, but you can't prove a negative. And so instead, we're going to give them the benefit of that and say, are these good reasons? Are they making good arguments and good reasons why we should believe God doesn't exist? Or is the evidence for the existence of God and, in fact, the evidence for Jesus Christ and his resurrection and that God sent his son and the gospel, are those actually better reasons than the reasons people have against God? So we're going to go through that. If you're an atheist or an agnostic, hey, welcome. If you're uh, part of Acts Church or part of the greater Acts Church around the world who likes to listen to these things and watch these things, hey, we just want to welcome you this morning. Uh, if you want to check out... Uh, Axe Church, you can go to www.axechurchnw, like Northwest, axechurchnw.org, or you can email us at info at axechurchnw.org and tell us what you think. You can also comment down here in the comments here on YouTube, or if you're watching on the app or listening, wherever your favorite podcasts are, we'd love it if you give us a review. That helps us get in front of other people. You know the whole thing with that. I'm not going to get into all the subscribes and bells and all that good stuff, but let's get started. Let me get some coffee here first. We're at reason number five. We went through 10 through six last time. We're going to do five through one. So let's listen up. Number five, morality needs no religion. Most people believe that in the absence of God and religion, there would be utter chaos leading to a moral axe. But is that really true? Looking at the behavior of a believer and an atheist, you'd see that there is little to no difference in their morality. On the other hand, there are more than a few incidents that prove that religious people commit immoral acts in the name of God. So isn't it wrong to relate God with morality? The question of the deity's existence persists yet again. Okay, uh, interesting. The, the argument here seems to be that uh, an argument against an argument. So he's, he's saying, the narrator saying, morality exists... And people say that God is necessary for morality, but God's not necessary for morality. In fact, and here's how we know, because there's no difference between atheists and, and believers in terms of their morality. And in fact, believers do some bad things that would suggest that morality has got nothing to do with God. This is uh, somewhat complicated. Uh, so let's just kind of step back and, and figure it out. Let me, let me deal with a couple things first. The idea that atheists and believers are the same in their morality is very questionable. Uh, the fact that atheists can do what we would call good things, of course, that's true. Atheists can be kind to their mothers and fathers and their kids and their spouses and their neighbors. They can do all those kinds of things. They can give to charity. They can be nice. They can help somebody walk across the street. There's no, the, the suggestion that atheists can't do what's right 
because they don't believe in God. That's not an argument that anyone's making. Uh, the fact is, is that when atheism has been at the center of a moral system, take, for example, systems in, uh, you know, Soviet Russia, uh, back under Stalin and so on, where atheism was uh, the order of the day, that, you know, the, the system was based on atheism. Well, you have tens of millions of people being murdered, and you'll find that in all the atheist systems that are out there, which tend to be on the communist side of things, whether that's Mao in China, Pol Pot in Cambodia, and so on. What you find is massive extinctions of people. I mean, where they're just killing tons and tons of people. Uh, if you look at uh, religious but non-God-fearing, so take like the Romans who just worshiped lots of idols and so on, the way that they treated women, the way that they dealt with uh, uh, children, where, you know, if a child was born not exactly the right way, they'd just throw the child out on the trash heap, right? And the child would either just die of exposure or somebody would pick the child up and make the child into a slave or a sex slave or something horrible like that. Um, we, you know, Christianity is has come in and changed the way that we view morality. Uh, and if you live in a Western country, you live in the United States of America or Canada or Mexico or anywhere in South America or anywhere in Europe, you are under the influence of Christianity. The reason that you believe that things are right and wrong the way that you believe it, that people should have human rights, that we should treat women and men equally, all, all these kinds of things. These are not things that came from an atheist system. In fact, the point I'm going to make is that an atheist system has no basis for morality, uh, but they are things that have come through Christianity. So the idea that atheism and Christianity have produced equal morals is an absurdity. It's just not historically accurate. I don't have time to go through all of that. That would be a podcast or many podcasts and stuff. Maybe we'll do that if you want to see that, put that in the comments. But the bottom line is, is that atheism gives no grounding for morality. If I'm an atheist, I don't believe there's a God. If there's no God, there's no one I'm responsible to. There is no order for the universe such that it says, hey, we ought to do this or ought to do that. All we can talk about is what is. Okay, This is called the is-ought dilemma. If you're an atheist and there's no God, then you only have what is. To say to me, you ought to be nice to other people, my question is, says who? Right. And the, and the answer could only be, well, it's what's going to be best for you. But wouldn't I be the one to decide that? For instance, if I could, uh, by being very immoral in everyone's sense of the word, get the most stuff, be the wealthiest and have, and have the best life for me. And all I have to do is because I'm bigger and stronger, take over and oppress other people. Why would that be immoral for me? There's nothing to say that people have value. There's nothing to ground morality in. And so the idea is that if there are such things as objective morals, morals that bind you and that bind me, those morals have to be located outside of you and me. So follow me here. If there is something that says we shouldn't harm one another, that can't just be my own private idea. Oh, I think we shouldn't harm each other because you could just say, well, I think we should harm each other. And what basis would I have? to say, no, I'm right and you're wrong. There would be no basis for that, right? And so the moral structure is something that has to exist outside of us. It has to be coming from somewhere else in order to bind both you and me, or else we don't have morality. We have your private idea of what you'd like to do. And the only thing that could provide that grounding or that basis is God. There is no other thing that can provide it. You can go through and try to think in your mind, and philosophers have done this, 
and tried to ground it in some other thing other than God, but they fail because there is nothing else other than a good and perfect God who could ground morality for us. And so if we have morality, if it's true when he says, hey, atheists and and believers are both moral, what is he basing that on? He's basing that on a standard. He's saying that they each, each of them both meet this certain standard that we call morality. But what is that standard? Is it his own personal standard? If so, why should we care what he thinks? If in fact he's saying there's a standard above that and admitting there's morality, he is, by virtue of admitting that there's a morality that both atheists and Christians can do, he's actually admitting there is a God because the only one that can create an objective morality outside ourselves is God. If you don't believe that, do the do your work. Do the philosophical work. Put it in the comments. Show me how you could have an objective standard of morality, truth, justice, the dignity of human beings, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Why should we care about the earth? Why should we care? about our neighbor. Show me why we should do any of those things under a system that doesn't have a God. You won't be able to do it. Philosophers haven't been able to do it effectively. Uh, The closest they've come is something like um, that there is this general like morality that exists out there by itself, but without a lawgiver, there is no law. And so you will have to find a reason to believe in morality outside of God if you're an atheist. And the problem is that you can't do so. And and atheists, generally speaking, admit this. They will admit there is no such thing as morality. There's just kind of what we want or our preferences, or we sort of create our own morality within our system to figure it out. Or if they're deeply evolutionary, they'll say, well, the only morality is that we should try to survive and make more offspring. And that's that's turned into all kinds of crazy moral ideas like that rape should be moral and that these because of course you're propagating the species. That's that's nonsense, it's crazy, nobody agrees with that. In fact, what we see is that everybody across all times and all places, in all lands, all over the world agrees that there's a morality and it are surprisingly common in their belief of what that morality is. There have been some societies that have done some odd things, but generally speaking, that's the exception that proves the rule. So morality, it exists. And philosophically, the only way we can have morality is if God exists. So by bringing this up at all, uh, he's actually sort of proving the existence of God. All right, let's go on to number four. Religion runs in family. If we ask you about your religion, there's a 99% chance that you follow the religion of your family because that's what you have been taught. But what is your understanding of how to worship God? All you know is derived from your ancestors, and it has been in the generations. You did not analyze the facts to decide which religion goes with your definition of God. The mere scenario of tightly bound family religion questions the truth in it because you can analyze facts but not fables. It can also be seen as a belief sustained by social pressure or even threats. The whole idea of religion seems scary now. Yikes. This is probably the worst argument yet. Uh, I Let's try this. You believe in math because your family believes in it. You didn't analyze it yourself. The only reason you believe in math is because you were taught math. You didn't come out of the womb knowing math. Somebody taught you math. So the only reason you believe in it is because of your family. Therefore, it's very questionable that it's true because your family believes it. Uh, I could do this with anything. Anything that your family's taught you uh, automatically now comes under question because it was taught to you by your family. Uh, I hate to tell you, but atheists also tend to be atheists if their parents were atheists. Uh Uh-oh, does that mean that atheism can't be true because of that? Of course not. The fact is that this is a version of, uh, let's let's put them all under the general fallacy of ad hominem. You're attacking the source 
of the information rather than actually dealing with the information itself. God either exists or he doesn't. Whether your family believes in God or doesn't, or whether you believe in it and your family believed in it or not. Just like math exists, whether your family believes in it or not, uh, we can we can go and reason through two plus two equals four and so on. This is not complicated. The source of an idea does not speak to whether it's true or false. We simply reason that out. The fact is there are probably lots of people who simply believe in God because their mom or dad believed in God and lots of people who don't believe in God because their mom and dad didn't believe in God. Neither one of those makes God any more or less likely. It stands on the evidence whether God exists or not to attack someone and say, the only reason you believe this is because your family believed that. Well, I can do the same thing with this fella. Uh, and I don't even know where he got the statistic. 99% of people believe what their family believed. I think that's way off. I think there are tons of people who came from either believing families who now are agnostic or believe some other religion, as well as tons of people who have come from families that were not religious or were atheistic or agnostic who now believe in God or who believe in Jesus. So the idea that this 99% thing, I think that that's one of those like 99% of statistics are made up on the spot uh, type of thing, I, I, you know, which is of course not true either. But my guess is, is that this is just a made up statistic. Even if it were true though, if we could prove that 100% of people believed what their family believed, that would do nothing to say whether the belief itself was true. Terrible argument. Let's go on to number three. Number three, no evidence of existence. Largely saying there's not much evidence to prove the existence of God. Well, if God is there, then why is there no proof of him being there? That kind of puzzles us. Talking of the evidences that somehow prove that such a power exists can also not be trusted. When put under examination, these evidences fail to support the argument. Also, the idea of a large number of atheists circling the world is beyond us. Since God exists, why didn't he prove himself to us? Okay, this is an odd one. Uh, the fact that there are atheists would prove that God doesn't exist. It would be like saying the fact that there are flat earthers would prove that the earth isn't round. Um, that's not even a thing. So that's out. Uh, whether they're atheists or not, there are always people who believe false things. There are people who believe that there are unicorns um, or that there's an island somewhere with magical, you know, I mean, that's just, that's silly. Uh, the fact that there are atheists is nothing to the point. Uh, the idea that what he said is there's no evidence for it. And the evidences that exist, they don't stand up under scrutiny. Well, that's the question, isn't it? That's, he's just this, we call this begging the question. He's just assuming within his initial statement, the conclusion that he wants to draw. So the initial statement was no evidence of his existence. And then what he went on to say is, and there's no evidence of his existence. Okay, uh, you would have to prove there's no evidence. In fact, there's a lot of evidence. The creation of the world uh, is evidence. The fine-tuning of the universe is evidence. The moral argument we just talked about is evidence. Uh, we have the scriptures, which are strong evidence. We have the incarnation of Jesus Christ who healed people, who, who raised people from the dead, cast out demons, who made blind people see, lame people walk, and lepers cleansed from their diseases. And then... To top it off, he was killed, historically true fact, and rose from the dead such that hundreds of people saw him alive after he was dead, which propagated the belief in him, which has persisted to this day. So to say that God isn't around or doesn't do anything um, from the ancient times where God showed himself to the Israelites in a pillar, pillar of fire and a pillar of cloud. I mean, the fact is, is that you just have to say all those things aren't true. If you want to say all those things aren't true, that's fine, but you would have to show why they're not true. The fact is, is that God has shown himself continuously and continues to show himself through creation. He continues to show himself through scripture. This is what it says. Let's let's just pop open the, 
the scripture for a second. Whether you believe in the scripture or not, this is what it says. Okay. And so let's just analyze whether it could be correct. We're going to be in Romans 1 here. This is what it says. Here we go. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness because what may be known of God is manifest in them. So the first thing is God has put a knowledge of himself in people, which is why 99% of people or whatever it is believe in God. Now they may believe in different versions of God. They may be messed up on where they went after that, but they believe in God. The idea that there are atheists circling the globe is absurd. The fact is, is that there are tons and tons and tons of believers and over all time in all places, if you take, if you want to raise hands, how many of you believe in God and how many of you don't? The number of people who are atheistic is actually very small. You have a bigger number of people who are agnostic who say, I don't know whether God exists, but even that's a very small number. Most people are believers in God and have been throughout history. Not that that proves that God exists. It's just a silly thing for him to say. For God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. So this is talking about the fact that we can see through creation the designer. We can see all these things. We can even see the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and new life, even in the cycle of nature. Now, you may say, well, that's evidence that we just made it up based on the cycle of nature. But I can just as easily say the cycle of nature is God showing us what he was going to do. And the fact that Jesus Christ came and the evidence for him coming and the evidence for him dying and the evidence for him rising again are so powerfully strong that to this day, you cannot disprove it. In fact, many people have come to believe it based on the evidence to this day. And by many, I mean millions and millions and billions of people believe it. Um, and then it goes on, okay? Since creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So there we go. God has created the world. The idea that, that creation is not evidence enough that God exists is, is an absurdity. We know that the chances of a world like this coming into being are basically zero. Okay, basically zero, unless there was a creator. Now, you may argue with that. You may come up with other stuff, but you got to do mental gymnastics and backflips in order to come up with some other scenario for how this world, this universe exists, and me and you exist, and that you could even be thinking about what I'm saying right now. Your, your consciousness it's, itself, reason itself, are evidences that God exists. So the idea that there's just no evidence of God. Sometimes people will call this the hiddenness of God. Why doesn't God just come out? And make himself known at all times and all places so that we have no question about whether he exists. My answer to that is he did. And we killed him. Okay. So we have evidence of God. He has shown himself to exist. If you ask him to show himself to you, he will show himself to you in a powerful way. But he has already done so. He's put it in your heart. He's written the law in your heart. That's why you believe in morality. He's put in your heart that there's a God. That's why this guy's fighting so hard against it. He's put in your heart these things. And then he's shown it to you through creation and then through the scriptures. Okay. He's also given the scriptures to us so that we can see there is no literature. There is no book. There is no nothing that compares to the scriptures for clearly and obviously being given to us and revealed by God. The internal consistency of the scriptures is amazing. There is no other book that that religions consider to be scripture or whatever, holy, that even comes close. Read the Quran, read the Upanishads, read the, the Vedas, read all that kind of stuff, read the Book of Mormon. And what you'll find is they just, they're, they're just not, they're, they're different in kind than the scriptures. There's so much evidence of it. Um, but even if they're 
even if he had a point, he didn't make any point there. He just said there's no evidence and there's no evidence. So not a great argument. Let's go to number two. Common consent. One of the major reasons for believing in the existence of the supreme power is that most people believe it. Is it even logical to say that since a phenomenon is accredited by the majority, it must be true? We doubt that. Let's compare it to slavery that was believed to be acceptable back in the day, but with time, it was found to be a faulty practice. Same is the case with God's presence that is believed by many, but is that proof in itself? Okay, so what he's arguing against here is the idea that there's a proof. Instead of proving that God didn't exist, what he's doing is bringing up an argument that I don't really know many people who make. That argument is the idea that because lots of people believe in God, he must be true or else so many people wouldn't believe in him. It's not an argument I make. It's not an argument I hear anybody in philosophy making. It sounds like a straw man, an argument he's created to then knock down. Um, I agree with him. The fact that lots of people say that God exists is not by itself strong evidence of his existence. It, it may have an evidentiary value of some kind. Like uh, if we're talking about certain things that you have witnesses for, the more witnesses, the better, right? So if you have if you have hundreds of millions or billions of people saying, I have a personal experience, a personal relationship with God, that is some evidence, right? But because it's personal, the evidence has uh, a limited value in comparison to, say, a bunch of people saying, I saw this car accident, this car hit that car at this time of the day in this place. I would agree that is eyewitness testimony that would be more believable. Now, what you do have is you have hundreds of people who witnessed the resurrection of Jesus uh, who were available at the time that Christianity was was forming and growing for people to go and ask about their eyewitness testimony and that those people gave their lives continuing to say that Jesus rose from the dead when they could have just said, nope, I lied about it and saved their lives. They didn't do so. So there's a lot of uh, eyewitness testimony to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is the basis for Christianity, that Jesus Christ was the son of God, that he died for our sins and that he rose again, that you can be saved. The basis of that is a historical event, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, for which there are hundreds of witnesses. And then throughout the ages, we are the disciples of those witnesses that continue, which is why you see so many churches that continue to exist. But in terms of just straight hand raising, hey, how many of you believe that we should, you know, for instance, how many people believe we should have abortion? Well, if the statistics are to be believed today, and it's 2022 and it's July, um, it would seem like something like a little over 60% believe that some form of abortion early, uh, you know, maybe in that first six, eight weeks or so, should be legal. Almost nobody, you know, the very, very small number of people who believe abortion should be legal throughout the term of a, of a pregnancy. But quite a few, more than half, believe that it should be available for at least a certain amount of time. Should we make that because they believe that? Should we say that must be true? No, it's either true or it's not. It's either a child, a human being in the womb, or it's not. Science says it is. I say it is. Therefore, abortion is wrong. It doesn't matter if everybody raised their hand and said, oh, I think that this thing should be true. That's not how we do morality. That's not how we do philosophy. So I agree with them. A lot of people say God's, God's real. Is not, is not enough evidence to prove he's real. A lot of people say he's not real. Not enough evidence to prove he's not real. Uh, not a great, not, not a particularly powerful argument. And I don't really know many people who are making that argument other than as kind of a toss it on top. So when we make arguments, we're building a case. So here's the moral argument for the existence of God. Here's the uh, cosmological argument, you know, the fine tuning argument, all these arguments. And then you might throw on top. Also, by the way, like everybody at all times has believed there's a God. 
you know, statistically speaking, you might throw that on as a cherry on top, but it's not a main argument. So I don't find this very convincing. Let's go to number one. Number one, no growth in religion. When we look at the world around us, we realize that a decade ago, there had been so many things that we had no knowledge about, but are now a part of our life. That's how we have evolved and our knowledge about science. But can we apply the same thing to God? We guess not because we're still stuck with beliefs and facts that have been in circulation for centuries. Our knowledge about the God and religion has not improved, which is rather thought provoking. If God exists, then why is it that we are still vague about what he's like? Do you have any counterclaims? Yes, I do have some counterclaims. Um, this is, again, just not a strong argument. The idea here is that, hey, we're not evolving in our understanding of God in the same way we're evolving in our understanding of iPhones um, or other you know, scientific or technological things. I, I don't even know what to make of that. If God is real and exists, then we would expect for the things that we know about him to remain true and not be changing all the time. Uh, a, I disagree that we don't know God in more and more. For instance, things like the prophecy that's written in the Bible. Uh, we see more and more and more of that coming true over time. That has a tendency uh, because it's, because it's uh, about the future. It tends to come true as time goes on and we tend to understand it more as time goes on. So there's an area where we understand God more. I think that believers continue to understand and reaffirm the truths of scripture over time. There are, there's as much written about the Bible and working through that process as there is written on any subject in the world, probably. Um, so this is just a, it's just false, first of all, that we're not continuing to grow closer and know God more. Um, but the idea that we would evolve our belief of God is, would not suggest that we knew much about God in the first place and would suggest that we were maybe making it up. The fact that he says, hey, the facts about God, they've been the same for so many years. Yeah, that would be what you would expect if God was real. It's just a terrible argument. I mean, look, at the end of the day, uh, obviously these are soft arguments, but they're the kinds of arguments you're going to hear from people. Okay. I'm, I have no problem dealing with much more significant arguments and I have done. So go on the website or on YouTube or wherever, uh, you know, go to your podcast and find all our skeptic stuff. I deal with the more significant arguments that atheists make. These are not strong ones, but these are the ones that you're going to hear from your family and friends more often. This is the kind of stuff that people bring up. That's why we're talking about it. The fact is, is that the evidence for the existence of God is incredibly strong. And the arguments of atheists tend to be, uh, atheists of this stripe tend to be intellectually weak, tend to be pseudo intellectual, like, aha, see, everybody believes it. And that means that they got it from their parents or, you know, this is not strong. I'm not trying to make fun of this person or this video. I'm just, I'm just letting you know that please uh, don't just be convinced by anything that you see on YouTube or TikTok or Facebook or that's not where you do research. Read a book. Okay. Read a lot of books. Uh, if you want to understand things, do the real research. Do Get serious about your mind so that when you hear this kind of stuff, you can go, I'm not even sure that's an argument, but to the extent that it is, here's the logical, reasonable answer for it. You need to be able to give a reason for the hope that's within you. And so that's what we're trying to do here. Uh, we did this in two sessions so that neither of these podcasts would be too long. Uh, next time, uh, we're going to come back with some with some more on the next AxeCast. If you have some ideas for topics that you'd like us to deal with or discuss, put them in the comments. 
Email us at info at axchurchnw.org. We'd love to, to hear from you. Uh, we'd love to uh, get some feedback from you in terms of what you'd like to hear us talk about or think through. We love you. Let's pray as we end. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for your creation. Thank you for morality. Thank you for all the things. Thank you for your resurrection. Thank you for saving me from my sin. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't be uh, difficult people as we walk through uh, arguments or, or disagreements with those who deny you, deny your existence, deny the deity of Jesus Christ. Lord, the people who do that, they need you. And I pray that we would lovingly seek out conversations that lead people to the knowledge of you because we love them, because you love them, because they're made in your image and likeness. And you're the only one who provides any value for their life. Otherwise, we're just all walking around with no purpose, Lord. I thank you that we do have a purpose, that you know the plans that you have for us. As you say in Jeremiah 29, 11, plans to prosper us, not to harm us, plans to give us a hope and a future eternally, Lord. That we weren't made just for this short life where our bodies start to break down because of the sinfulness of the world, but we were made for eternity. And that in fact, we will enjoy your presence forever. And thank you that we can enjoy it now as well. We love you, Lord Jesus. Be with us in your name. Amen. We'll catch you next time on the Axe Cast.